Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Work. Hi guys, um, so I'm very excited to be here with you guys talking about roadmap. I was thinking when we were going through applications how I could help you understand what we're going to do because as Sharma said, it's not a product roadmap, it's your map. So if we take stock of what we've done today, you've looked at your vision and if we try and think about a vision that you guys all share, I thought this would be kind of an accurate image. <laughs> And I really hope that this is an accurate image for all of you, because the difference between a hobby, a project, a passion, and business is what? Money. money. We want to make money. We want to make profit. Only when you are making money do you have a business. So this is our vision, but for the sake of road mapping and understanding what a roadmap is, we're going to use the image of scaling a mountain, okay? Because you all have different businesses, but we can all kind of imagine that a mountain is kind of the project that we have ahead of us. And you guys at the top of the mountain is you achieving your vision, okay? So right now you're here, but you can see yourselves at the top of the mountain, okay? So we've got that. You've written that down. You have it on a sheet. You're taking it home. You have a vision. The next thing that we have is user profiles. So this is, using the mountain analogy, your followers. These are people that you're converting into followers. These are people that are becoming your tribe, that believe in your vision, that are going to follow you up this mountain and are going to make your business. Then what we have as well is a business model. So some of you might have seen or read the book Wild. This is the epic backpacks she packs in Wild. So these are your key partners, your resources, your assets, your customer relationships. So all the stuff you've got in your backpack and you've got it all hopefully mapped out on a sheet or if you haven't completely done it, you will do it, right? Yes, good. Um, and so now we've got all the stuff and we want to get up there. In order for us to get from here to there, we need some concrete steps. We need to know, okay, I have a lot of passion, but where do I channel this passion? What is the next step that I make? And that's where a framework that we're going to use now comes in. And I'm purposely saying this is a framework because this is not something that's set in steel or in stone. It's something that's going to change. And it's also something that is really nothing more than a framework. So it's a little bit like it, when you're growing a plant, it's like you put that stick in there and it helps this plant grow straight instead of like going all over the place. That's kind of your framework, okay? Helps your business grow straight. And it's going to look kind of like this in theory. So this is kind of where you start and this is you at the top of the mountain. However, 
you know, unfortunately, it doesn't really work that straightforward. In real life, it's a little bit more like this. Okay, so while you're climbing the mountain, there's going to be rain, there's going to be hail, there's going to be freaking mountains collapsing, but there's also going to be beautiful valleys that you cross through, there's going to be birds tweeting, there's going to be friends who fly by in a helicopter and give you a lift to the next base camp. There's going to be all sorts of stuff going on, but remember that you need to have a framework that you understand is not a linear process, it doesn't just go up, it's not an escalator, it goes all over the place, but you do need to have a map. And the reason you need to do that, it's this framework, is because you want to reduce risk. So when you think of your business, there are two main overarching things that you're doing. One is reducing risk. Reducing risk means taking away as many elements that can make your business fail as possible. Okay? So risk. You want to take out risk. As you're going along, you want to be building loyal customers. You want to be developing a really sick product. You want to be securing your URL. You want to be getting IP. You want to work with great lawyers. You want to have a shareholder agreement, etc., etc. This is all reducing risk. The second thing that you're going to do is you're going to create value, okay? So not only are you going to put in place processes, create products, etc., that reduce risk, but you're actually going to create value in the world. So you're going to create products that weren't there before. You're going to create services that make people happy in a way that they weren't before. And most importantly, I want to hear this loud. Yes! Profits. That is what you're going to create, okay? That is creating value and not just creating value. So not just creating something good, but it's capturing value. So not only are you making a sick product, you're charging, you're getting that money in your bank account. So when you look at your framework, these are going to be your main axes. Reduce the risk, create value. And if you can somehow along the squiggly lines get up to there, you'll be freaking billionaire, hopefully. So... This is how a framework is going to look. So initially you have ideation and confirmation. So in today's world, you can't exactly come up with, oh, pancakes, I'm going to sell pancakes. You are going to have to come up with something that is complex, is intricate to the world that we live in. Most basic business models are taken. So everything that you guys are doing is a spin on something or is an optimization or is a slightly different version. There's not super much innovation unless you're in technology where there's a lot of innovation still left to be doing. But basically, once you come up with an idea, hopefully it's going to be coupled with you confirming the idea as you go. So you're getting customer feedback, you're doing research, you're figuring out what is it that my idea is exactly. You might initially think, oh, I want to create a space for women. But as you do more and more research, you start creating a more granular idea. You are able to formulate your idea more concretely together with the research and the confirmation that's going back and forth. Then you go into the creation stage. So this is you actually creating your product, actually mixing the colors that make your nail polish, or actually baking the vegan brownies, or whatever it is that you do, this is the creation of your product. Then you're going to move into validation, um, where you start saying, okay, we've got this product, does anyone actually want to buy this? Can I actually sell this? Can I get someone to put this in their shop, on their shelf, etc.? And then we get to repeatability and scalability. So this is, okay, I can make 10 brownies and I can sell these 10 brownies, but now I've got Selfridges and they want 10,000 brownies. Can I repeat this and can I scale this? Um, and then what you have as well is ideally along the way of this, you are creating repeatable, scalable products within a cost structure that means that you become profitable. That means you can hire more people, that means you can go global, etc. Okay? Um, just to reiterate this, we are not saying you need to make a plan that you will stick to forever, okay? We're not saying that the plan you make is going to be watertight. But if you do not make a plan, 
So, a living document. This is what your roadmap is going to be. So, you guys might or might not have worked in corporates. I used to work at Google. It's more corporate than you might imagine. And living document is a word that comes up quite a lot. And so, that basically means that this is a dynamic document. It doesn't mean that you write your little roadmap today, you put it in a shelf, never look at it, but you're like, yeah, got a roadmap. No. This roadmap needs to stick somewhere that you see in your office or in your home, or ideally both, in your bathroom, like Sharma said, when you're brushing your teeth first thing in the morning, you're like, this is where I'm going. This is how I'm going there. And you want to consult it regularly, and you want to update it. Okay? This is a living document, and it grows with you as you grow. Work. Work. Hi everyone, my name's Maxine Mackey and I work as an innovation and strategy consultant with IBM. And what that really means is I help my clients on a daily basis come up with new ideas for products, create new customer experiences and the strategies to enable them. Um, I've had the pleasure of working on some awesome pro projects with clients as diverse as, I don't know, like automotives, travel and transport, retailers and financial services. And what I actually do in my, my day job is what we're all doing today. Everything from creating a vision, understanding the roadmap, understanding user profiles. This isn't something that um, Chambadine set up for everybody here to do, um, and it's just for kind of entrepreneurs. This is the tools that everybody use, and I hope that makes you kind of realize the value in, in what we're doing here today. I'm here today to talk about iterating your strategy because, as Pia said, you can be um, you're climbing a mountain, but it's not going to be a linear process. So, when we say iterating your strategy, what does that really mean? Strategy isn't planning. This isn't a planning exercise at all. It's a way in which you can look at what you want to achieve. You can build on the vision you already have, that vision that is either written in your mirror that you see every day in the morning or is a post-it on your laptop at work. It's pulling that together with customer insight and what you actually want to achieve. And by having this roadmap, it helps you align everything you're doing. It also crucially helps you decide what not to do. You will have a finite amount of time and resources. And what strategy does, and by iterating it and learning as you go, it helps you decide what to allocate your precious time and money and resource on. So I think it's a really important thing because we won't get it right the first time. And I don't think that's something that we would want to aspire to because it's about the learnings you go along the way that help kind of this living, breathing roadmap and strategy. The only constant is change. Have you guys heard this or does anybody tell themselves this at all? Cool. It's because that's the reality of the world that we live in. So you may develop a roadmap, but you may actually find out that people don't use your product the way you thought they would. It's not selling the way you thought it would. Um, you may have a, a fast follower in the marketplace, which is a bit of an ankle biter in your territory. And the, this is true for all of us, that we live in a constant changing environment, whether it's technology, um, as I said, around competitors. And it's about having an open mindset to embrace this change. It's really important to be adaptable. But it's also really difficult. I know I've spent time working on projects and 
it's exactly the same as everyone in this room, building your idea, building your business. And you think you've, you know, you think you've cracked it. You've been like, yep, I've got it. This is awesome. I created this product that people are going to love. I love this. All my friends and family who I've shared it with love it. But the reality is people don't engage with it in the way that you thought they would. Or maybe people aren't having the same experience as you're having. So it's about embracing what other people are saying in order to help you um, pivot on what you're going to do. Now, I know Amber's going to tell us a little bit later about what it's like to pivot your business, but um, I also want to appreciate the fact that sometimes when we're living in a constantly changing marketplace, it's both really exciting, but it's also really difficult because these ideas that are our babies sometimes, you know, uh, change dramatically. And I think a really important thing to bear in mind when we're kind of a, being mindful of the only constant is change, it's something actually that, um, this is something I grew up with. It's attitude is everything. And I think that's really important when you're climbing your mountain, when you're building your product and you're living in this constantly changing marketplace. It's about having you know, a really positive attitude. People have touched on this earlier. And I just wanted to take a moment to say, attitude is everything. You should be enjoying what you're doing. Of course, you'll have days where it's a bit shit and you're really struggling. Um, and that's why the network of people you meet, women and men that are also kind of on this journey of building their business is really important. Enjoy what you're doing and embrace the change. Um, Embracing the change is one thing, but be mindful of your role. Innovators innovate, customers validate. You'll find, I would be very surprised if anybody here today was doing a um, customer insight survey or just um, understanding customer feedback and that they learned something about their product or their industry that was just completely transformative. That's because the reality is most customers... Um, they can provide you with really great feedback, but it's actually really hard to imagine um, a reality that's very different from today's reality. So if you're providing a new service, a new product, or a new experience, it's actually quite difficult for your customers to typically, at least, um, give you ideas. But what they can do is validate what you're doing. And I think that feedback is really interesting and, you know, Enjoy those surprises you learn along the way. Um, and remember that attitude is everything. Because it's sometimes quite difficult what they're saying and what you're hearing. But remember your place. It's your idea and you have your vision. And we've already talked about how important that vision is because your vision shouldn't really change. Like you may morph it, but even when Perry talked earlier, she, she said that her vision had never changed despite the business model and, uh, and all the strategies she would have had to put in place to, to make each of those business models work. So enjoy the surprises you kind of uh, um, learn along the way. And my last point on this is, um, this is where the Henry Ford, the really famous Henry Ford quote comes from. If I asked my customers what they would have wanted, they would have said faster horses and not cars. So just be mindful of that and, and kind of a keep true to your vision and, and confidence in, in what you want to do. But even with all the confidence in the world, you need to have an innovator's mindset to help you know when to and how to iterate your strategy. And this strategy should be living and breathing. So your mindset, what's important? Well, 
questioning things, questioning what your customers are saying, questioning um, what suppliers are saying, what are everybody around you, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you observing in people's behavior? Are people using your products differently than you thought? Is the way they, um, if you had thought it would have been um, a strong subscription model, you might create a skincare company and expect people to rebuy stuff like every month or like a new kind of a hair conditioner or something. If they're not, okay, that's interesting. That gives you something to think about. Networking, and today is like a great example. In this innovator's mindset, you want to be kind of engaging with other people. Sharmadine talked earlier about the network of women around her that have been um, key and pivotal in the success and all the breakout workshops of today. That's her network. Today, the people sitting near you, they could be yours. But I'd urge you to have a network and exploit it. Talk to each other. Because you may have very different products or similar ones, but it's, you'll have similar experiences, hiring people, firing people, understanding like what partners to bring in, when to get support for when you just have no time. And the next thing in this, this kind of a, um, innovator's kind of mindset is to experiment. So that's trying new things with your, with your products and just having um, an open mind to try different things so you can test out. Are people actually, um, would they buy more if we changed and, and tweaked the product slightly. Um, and just having that mindset to constantly change and just be, be aware of um, changes both in the marketplace and what customers want. All these things do, all these kind of mindset stuff, all it does is give you insight. And everybody today who is like a future female CEO, and I hope you all are, um, you have the difficult position to be doing the actions from this insight. It's up to you and it rests on your shoulders to kind of figure out from all these insights around what your customers are saying and doing um, and the people around you. Um, it, that Insights really only help you make actions and that's decisions you have to do. And that might pivot on your strategy or it might actually um, give you confidence in what you're doing and um, help you understand that you're on the right path. And that's not something that can only come from gut feel. That's something I would suggest comes from like data and metrics and numbers. I want to urge you to spread your risk. Now, behind me are two illustrations. And what they're really demonstrating is two different ways of building your business. So in the first example at the top, you're, um, well, for both of them, you're helping um, this business idea, say, is getting customers from A to B. Now... The first step, you have a wheel. That's not really much good if I want to get from A to B, and A to B unless like I've got major acrobatic skills. Then you build a car chassis, still really not that useful. Then you build the body of the car. Again, customers can't use it. And then finally, you build the car, and customers can then get from A to B. Now, the example below is also helping customers get from A to B. But in the first step, it's building a skateboard. I mean, you can still travel on a skateboard. I mean, you might not be going that far or fast, um, depending on how much of a thrill seeker you are. Then you have a scooter, a bike, a motorbike, and then finally a car. And what this really means is um, it's an approach to help you um, kind of spread your risk. And we mentioned that a little bit earlier around how a roadmap is really important for you to reach that goal of profit and also kind of hedge your risks. 
So for both of the examples I kind of showed you earlier, um, they both have the same cost. But in the first example, you have absolutely no value until you've completely finished your product development and you can sell a, a, sell a, a product like the car. So that means as much money as you're spending, you are just assuming more and more risk. Um, and I would say don't try and like get it all right at the beginning and wait until the product is, is launched, ready, has a, you know, a lovely box and a gold bow before you can get value. What I think is a better way, a smarter way, is this iterative and incremental growth. So in the drawing we saw before where you had the scooter, the bike, and then the car, you can see that the cost is exactly the same, but the risk is a lot smaller. And that risk is kind of a hedged and it's kind of an incremental across the journey. And really what that means is don't build your idea or your business all at once. A great example today of a brand doing this really well is um, a beauty brand. Has anyone read the blog Into the Gloss? I'm seeing some heads nod. Cool. Um, has anyone heard of the brand Glossier? Same heads. Cool. So what they've done is this was a blog Into the Gloss started by a handful of, or I think it was a couple of, um, writers for like Vogue magazine in the US and what they wanted to do is provide insight to women and men like everybody in the audience of what was actually in the bathroom shelves and what products the people in the magazines they wrote about and featured actually used so it was a really awesome blog and they um, it's and it's still going strong but what they then did is decided to create a beauty brand on the back of this um, that's called Glossier so instead of waiting like this version, into creating a full skincare line, a makeup line, and then launching it to everybody. What they actually did is the more iterative model. They launched three products at first, three skincare products, or three or four. Then they launched a handful of makeup products. They've just recently launched a couple more skincare um, products and two extra lipsticks. And what they're able to do is kind of a, kind of a grow incrementally, not grow too, too, too quickly, take all the learnings along the way and not have to spend, you know, a huge amount of money um, at first. Because everybody will have a timeline for what they can achieve and in their roadmap. Now, if you have, say, £10,000 worth of, like, funding or investment or money you've saved up to kind of bring your business to life and it costs you, say, £1,000 a month to run your business... And even if it's just you on the kitchen table at first, you still need to eat. If you think about the cost it, it takes to build your product, build your website, build your brand experience, to pay to go to meetings, all those small things, um, and say if that costs all in, like £1,000 a month, and you've only got ten grand, then that means your lifeline is about 10 months of your business. And that's a really important number for everybody to create. And it will be different for everybody. Just like everybody here's experience will be quite different. But keep that timeline in your head because that helps inform when you iterate on your strategy and your roadmap. So, for example, if your aspiration was to have, I don't know, say like 10,000 um, Instagram followers in three months um, and it comes to, you know, it's two and a half months in and you have, you know, 500, then you're, you're, that's a really late time to iterate on your strategy and figure out a different way to increase those kind of numbers of like Instagram followers. So for your timeline, you need to think about your timeline in respect to iterating on your strategy. 
depending on the amount of time you have, I would always say it's kind of a like it's it's a really common sense approach. If you have ten months for your business, don't wait to month nine to make a change. Equally, don't do it in month one. Wait and see how it goes. And trust your gut instinct in that in that process when you're deciding when to iterate but also look to other things these other things i would determine as like metrics of success so you will have to understand what matters for your business and insight into what's happening right now and that will kind of inform how you iterate your roadmap based on your timeline and what you want to achieve We'll talk about KPIs later, so I won't go into a huge amount of detail. But what I would say is examples of like metrics that you can use to help you figure out when to tweak your roadmap and like kind of a maneuver your strategy is feedback, customer feedback. Are they using your products in the way you thought they would? Do they like them? Do they not like them? Why don't they like them? Is there a great awareness of what you're doing? If there isn't, how do you expect to generate leads and sales? What are your sales numbers? Are you making money back or are you not? How long can you afford to do that? So you, what I would urge each of you to do when you're doing this, and I, it, it's probably not going to crop up today in our workshops, but think about it at home. Think about how many customers you want at each stage, how much awareness do you want of your brand, how much sales you need, and then the leads that kind of uh, will inform those sales. Because you need to understand things like how much it costs to acquire each customer. That's, again, linked to your timeline. You need a way to understand the people around you. Are they performing well? Are they not performing well? If they're not, why aren't they? Do we then need to sort of iterate the roadmap slightly and iterate that strategy to say, I either need more people in, I need more people now to help kind of build this brand awareness. And also things like customer change. If you had, a, we've talked a lot about subscription services like beauty boxes. If people are buying things once but not becoming loyal customers, why aren't they doing that? And these are all things that will inform the decisions you make in your roadmap. And I appreciate that for everybody, your roadmaps will be different. But um, I can, I'm pretty sure that everyone's going to have to embrace change and iterate on it. And I think that's a really exciting thing to do. It's something where you have to, as a kind of a female CEO, you will have to kind of make those decisions. But they'll be informed by data, by also your gut feel and kind of a, um, the, the growth of your business. So I wish everyone like massive amounts of luck and we'll be in some of the working sessions to chat anything through. Work. 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 Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.